Do you hear that? Is that Santa? <gasps> Santa? I know him! Welcome to the Altar Podcast, where we honor God and the things he does. Christmas editions. Welcome to the Altered Podcast, where we honor God and the things that he does. In Christmas. And Dina annoys me. Hey, I took my Jingle Bell earrings off so that they don't jingle all throughout the podcast, okay? Jingle all the way. (laughs) That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, I am accompanied by our co-host, Ben Burnett. That's right. Our creative director and co-host, Dina Burnett. And our naps through the show, (laughs) Jessica deal hey favorite co-host she's my favorite co-host she should and we are accompanied again by a very special guest Alyssa deal as she's laying there not even paying attention (laughs) she'll give her input later probably it's okay I'm sure she will scream eventually all right Ben what are we talking about today we're talking about the virgin birth that was really country. We are talking about. <laughs> We're talking about, about the, the country. About the virgin, virgin birth. birth. It did happen in the country. Actually, when I was a kid, um, <clears throat> we, uh, hey, Nazareth was a podunk town, just so y'all know. Um, but when I was a kid, we had this this Christmas play, and I still remember the song. It was, it all happened in the country in a little country town. Anyway, it was, it was fun. <laughs> we had a good time. <laughs> <laughs> I need a link to that song. It Do you guys remember? Did you guys have the, like, um, church Christmas plays where you got the little like, you know, lunch bag with fruit and candy in it. No, after the play, what you should have? That would have been amazing. Did you all not have that? I didn't get any fruit. You all missed out. Did you all get fruit after your Christmas play? Sounds like an IFB thing. What's an IFB? What Independent Fundamental Baptist? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it was Baptist. Southern Baptist, okay. But no, I loved getting that little bag of fruit. There was always like chocolates in the bottom. There was peppermints. I gave those to my mom. Um, And then there would always be an apple and an orange inside of it. Let me tell you what. If someone invites me to a Christmas play and they're going to be giving away one of those bags, I will be there. So now you know how to kidnap Dina, should you so choose. <laughs> Jess, did you go to, you went to a Baptist church, didn't you, growing up? No, nah, not growing up, no. Oh, okay. It went until like teenage years. Oh, okay. Well, still, do they give out bags of fruit? Uh, no. Okay. No. What? Y'all no. yeah, were the only one. Church. There you go. So, uh, Hunter, just a minute ago, we walked in. What were you up to? I was praying. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> we did the test, and yes, we have confirmed you were lying. What were you doing? I was napping. You were napping. <clears throat> we walked in. And actually, I called Hunter. And I said, Hunter. I said, we're on our way, buddy. And he goes, huh? <laughs> I was like, what? He goes, oh, I was napping. No, I was asleep. <laughs> so when we walked in, he was still napping. And yeah. But you should be well rested at this point because I was sleeping so good. It's time to do the altar podcast. You're just dreaming of sugar plums and and reindeer and all the good Christmas stuff. You know what I need after a nap? What? I need a good ad break. Oh, a gr- that would be great. Well, at this time, let's listen to an ad from our sponsor. And we're back. That was a very good ad break. Are you awake now? Yes. You know what? I'm so proud of you. You didn't have to go potty this time. (laughs) (laughs) Why are we still talking about that? (laughs) Again, I'm still looking for, you know, 
other podcast if you would have me. Oh, man. <laughs> no, you're held hostage. Yeah, yeah. you're uh-huh. here. So anyway, so we're talking about the virgin birth today. And the virgin birth, okay. It is a question that many people pose. Which one is more important, the virgin birth or Easter? Both. Well, you have to have one in order to have the other. That's true. It's like a chicken and egg situation. Which one came first, the chicken or the egg? Well, well I don't think that's a question. It is a question. A lot it of people. Is a, it that. is a question. What? It oh is yeah. A very deb- highly debated question. Not the egg in the chicken. No, that is a question. Mm-hmm. That is that is a the highly debated question. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? The Bible tells us so, so I don't know why we debate it. No, 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 no. The answer I was saying, is the chicken. He has to be born in order for him to die on the cross. Oh, that's that's definitely <laughs> true. Yeah, that's definitely true. I'm not talking about a chicken and an egg. I'm talking about that. I mean, God could have just miracled him to earth. You know, he could have yeah. done the Thor thing and been like, hammer, lightning, <laughs> ah! You know, but he didn't. He didn't. That was very different. So, uh, yeah, so th- my thought process behind it all is if you think Easter is more important because of the, the thought process, well, he died for my sins on Easter. Mm-hmm. It's more of like a me-centered scenario there and i was talking to a guy at work about this this and then ben and i talked about on the phone last night and i was half asleep during that too so our best conversations come when we're tired um hunters did because he was actually right i think about this one (laughs) well it never happens (laughs) 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 well and i was like it it, to me it seems like you're 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 worried about christ dying for your sins which is a very important factor (coughs) in in uh your salvation obviously but to me, I think it all starts with the birth. And like Dina said, it has to start here. Because this is where God set the redemption plan into place. Yep. That not only for him to die on the cross for our sins, but that he would engraft us into the family tree with the Jews, that he would uh, adopt us into the family of God. And that's even bigger, as we've talked about before, than just dying for your sins. Because this means that you are in communion with God once again, like Adam and Eve was in the garden. Yeah. One of the points that kind of came out of our conversation last night was, you know, it's it's really like we're super thankful that um, that Jesus came so that we could be adopted in the family because if he, he could have just come for the Jews. They were God's chosen people. And if he would have, all of us sitting around this table right now are not saved. But thanks be to Jesus who came so that we could be adopted into the family. And therefore, all of us Gentile sinners can now be saved by the grace of God. Yeah, and when we get to Easter, we're obviously going to hone in on the on the death and why it's important because he had to die yeah. and he had to raise again. Yeah. So we're not And not that is really important. I mean, let's let's face it. That is super duper important. Yeah, every, we say every Sunday's resurrection Sunday. Yep. Right? So we're not knocking the death and resurrection of Christ, but we're saying that what does that mean that every Sunday is also Christmas Sunday? Yes. <gasps> that means oh, Dina can celebrate every Christmas day. before Thanksgiving. Every day. Every day, baby. Every day, keep my trees up all year long. Every day, we can finally justify not having to take our tree down. I'm gonna wear Christmas shirts every day for the whole year. <clears throat> you probably could. I really could. She, Dina's been doing her like book fair, and I'm like, looking. If any podcast is looking, for <laughs> <laughs> Dina's been like doing book fair and like decorating her library for for Christmas. You know, and she's been wearing. She's worn a different Christmas shirt every day since December first, and so they're like, "How many Christmas shirts do you have?" Well, I mean, I've, this is not my first year being a librarian or a teacher, so or a Christmas fan. Yeah, that's yeah. True too. So yeah, Dina has a lot of Christmas shirts. 
So yes, so the resurrection is important. We're not knocking the resurrection, but what we are saying is that it all starts here. Yeah. It all the story starts here. Yeah. Well, really, the story starts in Genesis, but we're so, not going there. Well, yeah, but when Jessica said both, that is the correct answer. That yes. both are it equally as important as the other. So the story starts here. Um, <coughs> I, I I was being a little facetious whenever I said this in the plan. Uh, Ben said, so why is the virgin birth important? I was like, well, it happened. Yep. And it, it did happen, in fact. But that's that's super duper important. I mean, the, the historical fact that Jesus was born at all is extremely important. But then on top of that, that he was born of a virgin, um, people are like, that's impossible. Well, it is with man, but not with God, right? And not just a virgin, <coughs> right? So because you hear of the stories in the um, news media today, Kids being born of a virgin, um, yeah, you you, yeah. Have you never heard of that? No. So it's it's people who have never actually had sexual intercourse, but they have come in contact with human uh, stuff. Y- yeah, <laughs> girls have come in contact with the, with male sperm, and so they technically have never had sex. So they would call them virgins because they've never had sex. But Mary was just pure. Like they've never like this was was completely pure. (laughs) What Ben's face? face. I'm not. It's just (laughs) logistics of that. Uh, Anyway, we need to move on. I mean, (laughs) we can talk about this more off air, buddy. (laughs) Yeah, we need to move on. Um, So, so, but the point of it is, is Mary is pure. She there is nothing question. There's nothing that would make Ben's face go like that when we talk about (laughs) the the impregnation of Mary. Um, So, so this does okay. And this is an awkward question, but people people have asked me this question. You know, right? Like the 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 Christmas story says, Gabriel, you know, comes to to Mary and says, "The Holy Spirit will overshadow you, and you will be with child." Does that mean that God and Mary did what was necessary? You know, because again, she was. I think that the Holy Spirit just p- placed the baby in in her womb, um, and I think it, it did. It overshadowed her, meaning encompassed her. Um, but yeah. that, that's all I think it was. Yeah. Um, I don't think God needed to do that. Well, and that's the thing is, so many people have this concept of <coughs> she sorry, was a virgin. Uh, yeah, so many people have this concept of God as like they think of the Greek gods, right? But it's that our our God is so far removed from that that that's like a fairy tale. I mean, it is a fairy tale. Let's just be honest. Um, there's nothing even remotely true about any of that Greek God, anything. But people like to try to attribute human characteristics to a God who is not human right? first. And then God sends his son to earth to die for our sins, and he is human. But it's two separate People want to attribute like God the Father, the Ancient of Days is what Daniel calls him. People want to attribute human characteristics to the Ancient of Days, and so they're like, "Oh, well, it has to be like one of those Greek God stories." Where no, it doesn't. It doesn't have to be that way at all. By the way, <clears throat> while we're on the story of that or on the subject of that, there's this movement right now. There's even a there's a movie on Netflix about it, where it talks about how um, they, in order to make the the religion of Christianity. They took all of the other religions, put them all together, took all the parts out of them they wanted to take out of them, and made Jesus who he was. 
Cool. Have y'all seen? Have y'all heard about this? It's like no. Bill Maher or something. He like, not Bill Maher. He's on. He's on NBC. Um, <laughs> it's this other guy. I mean, um, anyway, it's it's really dumb. But I mean, if you just watch the movie, they make a compelling case for like. Um, Shoot, I can't remember which god it is, but there's some god who supposedly was born of a virgin and all this stuff on December 25th and blah, 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 blah. Well, it's not even remotely close if you go back and look at the story that he references. There's this, I can't remember which one it is now. I wish I could, but like basically like this god, quote unquote, in mythology was killed. And in order to be resurrected, um, his... Uh, there's this woman who hovers over his severed phallus. That is what that is what you think it is, and is impregnated by that. Like, there's this whole like thing, like where people are like, oh, they just took all this stuff and put it together, and that's how we get the story of Jesus. And that is 100% not true in any regard. Um, you can, I mean, if nothing else, the historical fact that Jesus existed, um, you can look at. Historians who are not Christian, like Josephus, he talks about it. He talks about John the Baptist. He talks about all the events, mm-hmm. you know, surrounding Jesus' life. <coughs> so, the fact that it happened is huge, 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 huge. Well, yeah, and I think the the point of it is is that nothing funny went down. Like w- there was never a question of whose baby is this. It yep. was always. Uh, there was this miracle after miracle, miracle that she wasn't stoned to death. It was a miracle that Joseph uh, didn't divorce her on the spot yeah. um, on all these good things. Um, it was a miracle that she did not die giving childbirth. Um, so yep. miracle after miracle. And, um, so that is the portion of where the Catholics, uh, it, this was the favorite episode for the Catholics of the author podcast. They, <laughs> they love that part. But now I think this is where I'm about to make them mad is that the virgin birth is not, about Mary, it's more for Jesus, and we're going to hone into that in just a second. Yep. Because Jesus was extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Um, Jessica said that in the plan. Yep. He had no sin nature. And Does the Bible say that? No. But we can allude to that through many different scriptures. Yeah, and it, it does and it doesn't, right? It's, it's not one of those where it says, literally, Jesus had no sin nature. Period. But <laughs> we can look at scripture, which we will read, and deduce that fact based on what it says. Right. So you may be asking. And so this is going to be a little bit more technical podcasting because we have to kind of hone in here of in, on some stuff. So why, what is a sin nature, Ben? Uh, it is the idea that because I was born of man and woman who were sinful flesh, I am born with a sin nature pre-baked. When I come out the womb... I have a sin nature. Right. I'm yeah. ready to sin. You you are already guilty of sin. Yeah. Because of your nature. Yes. So there's two people who have ever walked this earth who has never had a sin nature. Yes, two. Adam, when he was first. Oh, okay. When All he right. was first yeah. made until they fell into sin. Yeah, that's true. And then Jesus. Didn't Eve have a sin nature? Sure. Three people. Okay. <laughs> I, I was just asking because... At first, I was like, I forget she exists. I'm so mad at her. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, it was Adam's fault as well. Well, that's a that's a whole other podcast. <clears throat> that's but a whole actually, other series. It actually says that she ate the fruit and then turned to her husband, who was with her. All Adam had to do was be like, "No, smack out of the hand," <laughs> but he didn't. The only time it's okay to smack your wife was right then, and he missed it. <laughs> it was a test. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and he failed. 
So, <laughs> but so yes, yeah, so fine. There was three people who have ever walked this earth without a sin nature. Um, two of them, and so this is like my favorite story to ever tell when it comes to like total depravity. Mm-hmm. So it's like two of them when they were come to the choice of good and evil to stay obedient to God or to fall to sin, mm-hmm. they horribly, as you just think, graphically uh, told us, uh, <laughs> they horribly screwed it up. Yep. But when Jesus comes to uh, the temptation with the devil in the wilderness mm-hmm. to either be obedient or to fall to temptation, he knocked it out of the park, not once, but many times. Yep. The, the devil threw up some temptations, and Jesus was like, nope, and... He he did what Adam and Eve could not do. Yep. But there was a reason why, because he had no sin nature. So, and sure, yeah, Ben. I think Ben and I we actually kind of disagree on this point yeah. because in order for temptation to be temptation, you have to be able to fall into temptation, in my opinion. And therefore, I think that Jesus could have. I think that those were real temptations for Jesus. That, like for instance, <clears throat> the devil tempts him with this idea that hey, if you worship me, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the earth. Guess what he doesn't have to do, Jesus? Guess what Jesus doesn't have to do if he gives into that temptation? He doesn't have to go to the cross. That would be difficult if I am knowing I have to go to the cross, right? So in my opinion, and, and again, that's a philosophical debate. There is nothing, nothing that impacts your salvation if you believe one way or the other there. So I fall on one side of the coin. I'm sorry if you think I'm a heretic. It's just yeah. Hunter falls on the side that where he does not think Jesus he, Jesus could not have sinned. Yeah. Um, but I think a good book to read is Systematic Theology by Wayne Grudem, and I think it explains my point of view well. I'm not going to do that here. Um, yes, depends like read the Bible and it explains <laughs> <laughs> mine. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but yeah. So, so but it's like we said, so we're going to connect some scripture here to to say that Jesus had no sin nature. Yeah. Um. So, Ben, start us out there. All right. So Romans 5.18. That's where we start. It says, so then, as through one Romans. Yeah, it's Romans. <laughs> it's Hunter's favorite book. So then, as though one trespass. No, no, let's try that again. So then, as through one trespass, there is condemnation for everyone. So also through one righteous act, there is justification leading to life for everyone. For just as through one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, so also through one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. So, okay, hold up just a second. <coughs> this did not say Jesus did not have a sin nature. Nope. But what we it it literally just ex- backed up what we were just talking about yep. with text. Mm-hmm. So, who is the one? Uh, let's see what it says. Through one's righteous act, there was justification. Maybe? Through one man's Disobed- disobedience. Yes. Now, who is that guy? Now, Adam. Now, it's interesting that the Bible talks about Adam's disobedience. But I thought Eve was the one who ate the fruit. Again, Adam was with her. That's why it's one man's disobedience. You know what's really interesting about that on this whole sin nature thing? Guess who was alive when God gives the command to not eat of the tree? Adam. Guess who was not alive Eve. during that time? Eve, yes. Adam was made, has this whole thing where he goes and names all the animals, and was given this command by God not to eat of the tree, then it says there is no helper found suitable for Adam, and then Eve is made. And he doesn't even tell Eve word for word what God said. At least it's not written well, down in we don't know. Well, we don't know what he told her. Because he just said, don't eat of this tree. Eve's words were, uh, he told us not to eat of the tree, or even 
look at it, I think is what you said, for right. surely we will die. It's just interesting. It's a big interesting mess. Yeah, we don't know what Adam told her, but we know that Eve was not alive for the command. So it was Adam's responsibility to help Eve know the command, and therefore that's why man has the spiritual obligation to be the head of the household. So through one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. Yep. So here we see because Adam was disobedient, yep. we became we have a sin nature. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. So the from the seed of Adam, disobedience arises. Right? So but through when man's obedience, many were made righteous. Or many will be made righteous. So whose seed was not in uh, Jesus? Adam. Adam. Because the, oh, my, it's my bedtime. Did y'all hear that? <laughs> um, <laughs> it did that last podcast too. So because he had no, he did not have the man's seed. He was a born of a virgin. Um, so through this, Jesus did not have the sin nature because he was able to be obedient. And he, and he reversed what Adam and Eve did because he was obedient, not disobedient. So that's our first text. Ben, read us the second one. Or somebody else read us the second one. I don't care who it is. I can. Go for it. <laughs> Romans 8, 3 through 4. <coughs> for what the law could not do since it was weakened by the flesh, God did. He condemns sin in the flesh by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh as a sin offering in order that the law's requirement would be fulfilled in us who would do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Boy, that's a controversial topic right there. Man, <laughs> people get all on their hottie horse about the fact that they're like, oh, he was made in the likeness of sinful flesh. So that means Jesus wasn't actually a person. Ha! That is not what that means. It means that he was in the likeness of sinful flesh, as in did not have a sin nature like Adam did, right? Mm-hmm. Boy, people get all up in arms about that. And have made whole religions like Mormonism. Or, yeah, Mormonism. They believe that Jesus um, actually didn't die on the cross, that someone else, he put someone else in his place, um, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so. There's a theological term for that, and I was trying to think of it, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but I've yeah, heard it, but big, big, big crazy stuff there. Five-dollar word. Yeah, sure it was. But, but, you know, so that's that a term ain't worth a nickel. Anyway, <laughs> so th- that's a good verse. And it brings me to the thought of on the cross. Is, and it says that he bore sin for us. Mm-hmm. Right. So he had no sin. He had no sin. So he had so he went across to bore our sin. Yeah. He wasn't dying for his own sin. He was dying for ours. Yeah. He didn't have any sin to die for. Yeah. So if Jesus had a sin nature. He would not have been able to die for our sin. But Jesus had, did not have a sin nature, and it all stems back to the virgin birth. Mm-hmm. That's why it's important. Because without this, he would not have been able to be a suitable sacrifice on the cross. Mm-hmm. That's why <laughs> Christmas is the heart of the redemption story. Mm-hmm. It starts at Christmas. Yep. All right, next one. Jessica, will you read that? What's that next point? Not a son of man, but he was the son of man. Mm. Prophetic by Daniel. There you go. What's that mean? He wasn't a man. Exactly. But he was a son of man. Yeah, he wasn't like a generic, like any Joe Schmo, right? Like we talked about the sin nature thing. 
That was, that was number one. But he was able, but yeah, so he was a guy. But he was a person. And he was able to sit around a table just like this. Yeah. But he's not exactly the exact same as you and I. Yeah. Like right now, there's a lot of people, again, get on that haughty horse about the fact that they're like, oh, Jesus called himself a son of man, so he never claimed to be divinity. Well, that's not true. That's very hot right now. That is a very hot topic. Yeah. In the uh, non-Christian community, yes. trying to disprove the deity of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just, it's just silly. Like if you read the book of John, the book of John is full of Jesus going, I am the Messiah. What well, What's the, the woman at the well? John chapter four? Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah, it is. John chapter four. <laughs> <coughs> Don't Excuse die, buddy. Me, y'all. I'm trying not to. <laughs> I'm over this, this flu thing I had, but I still have the cough. I'm sorry, y'all. I don't mean to cough in your ear. But yeah, we still, we have this whole, you know, book of John where he claims to be deity. Matthew talks about how he's deity, like over and over and over again. When Pilate, he's standing before Pilate and he's like, hey, are you the Messiah like they accuse you to be? He's like, yes. And that's when they're like, Christopher, you know, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it just is. That's he sounded like a Muppet. <laughs> yes, very much. So. No, probably not. But anyway, um, but yeah, so he's, he's, he's not like when he says he's the son of man, it doesn't just mean that he's some dude. He's not just Joe Schmo. It was actually a term that was prophesied by the prophet Daniel. And so if you look at Daniel chapter 7, Daniel chapter 7 says, I continue, I continued watching in the night visions. So what we think this probably means <coughs> is that Daniel had a dream. He had a dream. Anyway, no, I'm not going to get in trouble. For, You're going to wake Lily up right there. I'll be right. I know. Um, but he had a dream. And suddenly, one like a son of man. What? One like a son of man was coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days. Now that is God the Father. So now you have Jesus the Son and God the Father simultaneously in the same place. There's just the whole theory out there, by the way, that that God the Father came as Jesus the Son and that they are the same, literally the same person. They're not. Mm-hmm. They're not. Uh, but he approached the Ancient of Days and was escorted before him. He was given dominion and glory and a kingdom so that those of every people, nation, and language should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will not be destroyed. Prophecy about Jesus in the book of Daniel, calling him the Son of Man. What's interesting about this is that every Jew in that day would have been like, when they heard him calling himself the Son of Man, that's what would have popped to their head. Because guess what? They were occupied by the Romans, and they were ready for a Messiah to have his kingdom put into place. You know, uh, so I knew this, but I wanted to double-check myself. The Hebrew word for man is Adam, mm-hmm. which is what Adam was named after. <coughs> yeah, and that we yeah, it's a funny play on words there. Yeah, we we hear the uh, yeah God has a God has a dad joke book, <laughs> 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 um, but we hear Jesus being called the the second Adam. Yeah, um, and I think it's interesting the son of Adam. You yeah. know, just just impl- this showing he is doing he is setting the record straight. That he is doing, he is righting all the wrongs Adam did. Yep. Um, so he's like, here we go. And, the, and being the son of man was was that for that title. Yeah. Yep. I'm setting the redemption plan straight. Yep. Yeah, it's so interesting to me when you look at the book of Acts. And you're like, okay, Jesus has been resurrected. And he's about to ascend. And ascend, like go into heaven. Not He's about to sin. He is about to ascend um, to heaven and he's standing there with the disciples, 
And he's like, and they're like, what's the first question they ask him? At this time, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? In other words, are you going to be king now and you going to kick out the Romans? And he's like, like literally I could see Jesus being like face palm. Like, what are you doing? Like, you just saw me resurrected from the dead and that's what you're worried about. But this verse would have been huge for them. Mm-hmm. His kingdom. Like, he was given dominion and glory and a kingdom so that those of every people, nation, and language should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion. They're like, this guy is going to be king, and I'm ready. <clears throat> it's just super interesting to me. And so, yeah, son of man, they would have known this. They would have oh, been right 100%. there in their thought process. It is a, it is a thing that would have made, their, made the Pharisees go nuts, and it did. Yeah, oh yeah. Big time. That's, they, they said, here, you're blaspheming here, and they actually picked up stones to crucify him. <coughs> Not crucify him, but stone him to death. And, yep. hey, they, they missed. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. All right, what's next? So, our next point is that if he wasn't born, we would still have to follow all of those old laws and do sacrifices and all that fun stuff in Leviticus. <laughs> and again, we wouldn't. We would be... That's true. We, we're not Jewish, yeah. so we would be outcast yeah, anyway. True. We'd be toast. <laughs> but Jews would still be set in the old law. And yes, that is, again, a very controversial topic. Because some believe that the moral law still is true today. We still follow the moral law, yeah, Ben. Uh, <laughs> and I don't disagree. Um, to a point. Yeah. Now, and, it doesn't save me. Right. Faith in Christ saves me. Well, and I always say, and the more you're like, okay, Hunter, what's the moral law? Well, let's look at the Ten Commandments. This is the moral law. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, so, I should be able to murder people and believe in Jesus, and that is not the right. case. So, yes, 100%, honor your mother and father, Right. Believe that there is only one true God. Yep. You know all those good things. But is uh, don't be jealous. All that good stuff. That is a good moral compass that should be instilled into you when you become a Christian. And that is the moral. The people say is the moral law. So, but you would not only be held to that standard, but you'd be held to the civil and the ceremonial law, which we which I believe Jesus fulfilled. We don't have we don't yeah. do those ceremonies we do anymore. We don't, and the civil. There's so many sermons about that side of it as well. There were 613 laws, and yeah, so they they were broken into different groups. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah. if we had to, if Jesus was never born, in in turn, I think Dina made it clear, if Jesus was never born, he would have never been crucified. Then we would still be stuck in the same boat, and we would be disconnected from God. With no redemption plan. Yeah. Tina, is there, there a Bible verse that talks about that? Um, Hebrews 10, 10 through 14. By this will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. Every priest stands day after day ministering and offering the same sacrifices time after time, which can never take away sins. But this man, after offering one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. He is now waiting until his enemies are made his footstool. For by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are sanctified. Hebrews is one of those book, one of those books that just explode my mind mm-hmm. because it is so wrapped around the Old Testament. Yep. But it just punches Jesus in your face. Right. The whole book. Mm-hmm. And it just, it blows my mind. Yep. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. Hebrews is one of my favorites. It's like the caffeinated <laughs> Every Christian coffee shop ever. Hebrews. Hebrews. Oh my goodness! I just don't got that. 
we were uh, we we just went down and participated in the GAC Christmas event, which will be airing this coming Christmas season, um, which is in Danville, Kentucky. Stanford. I'm sorry, Stanford. That's <laughs> right. We stopped in Danville to get the good donuts, and then we went to Stanford. That's what that's what happened. But yeah, so we went to Stanford, and uh, there was I can't remember some church that was coming through, and right behind it they had their Hebrews wagon because they have a coffee shop in their church. And so we laughed and said, yep, Hebrews, the name of every Christian <laughs> coffee shop ever. That's funny. Yeah. All right, what else? Hey, uh, Jess, what's what's the next point we have there? Jesus can sympathize with us because he was a person. Hmm. Is there a Bible verse that talks about that? Yeah, Hebrews. Ah. <laughs> For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are yet without sin. Yeah. That's Hebrews 4.15. Uh, ben and I was talking last night. Said, said just like a sports announcer. That was <laughs> <laughs> Touchdown! <laughs> and that was a first down Jesus. Uh, no, so Ben and I was talking last night that if you haven't watched The Chosen, you really should. Um, that sucker is fire. I cry every time I watch it. I do too. I, can't I just it. found out. Um, but it, and I told him last night, I said, the reason I love the chosen, there are some things in there. Sure, we can argue, didn't take place or whatever. It's not in the right timeline. Sure, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, but what does matter to me is that it humanizes Jesus to the point that it makes me it, it makes me realize when I read the Bible that he was just as much as a man as I was. He dealt with the same <coughs> issues I did. He had friendships. He had relationships. He, he had heartaches. When John the Baptist died, I mean, you know, that was his cousin, a good friend, uh, one who helped baptize, or one who did baptize him, and the Holy Spirit fell on him. I mean, so there was times there, you know, his mom and, you know, was it Elizabeth, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm terrible with names. You know, they were close, so obviously I believe... Elizabeth being John the Baptist's mom. Right. Uh, And I obviously believe Jesus and then John the Baptist were probably close growing up. He, you see his heartbreak in the chosen when mm. when John the Baptist dies. I don't know if you're there yet or not. I haven't made it there but yet. But spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> you know you've read the Bible, so you know. Yeah. But it, you just the book like, is better. Yeah. The uh, much better. The you in the in the Bible, it kind of just it, it just so fastly goes past it, where you do see Jesus kind of melt down and, and like it's it's sad. He knew it was going to happen when G, when when uh, it kind of shows the foreknowledge of God. It was kind of cool. Um, John the Baptist kind of walks off for that final adventure to go preach to the the wicked king, and Jesus kind of like tears up, doesn't he? And he's as he's walking away because he knows what's going to happen because he's omniscient, he's God. Um, and when you read the Bible, sometimes it's easy to reform about Christ, but like that's not the Bible because they say it's it's easily made into idols, which I really realize he was a real person. Yeah, yeah. I think I was telling you this last night. I I think it will change the way that I think about ministry and just all the stuff because yeah i mean jesus it, it really makes him look like a, it makes you realize he was a real person jesus got tired mm-hmm. we see after the, all the whole day of him healing people um and his disciples taking turns because it was such a long day they had to take shifts to come help the manage the crowd yeah. jesus come back while the disciples are arguing about who's the most beloved right and jesus doesn't even care what they're saying he's so tired that he just run like kind of just falls into his tent He's just so tired. Like, Jesus was a person. Mm-hmm. He, he was tired. We see it, like, mentioned at the woman at the well, you know, at weary from his travels. Yeah. 
when you hear that, you just like, oh, okay, he was tired. It's yeah. hot in the desert. Whatever. Sometimes you just need a snack and a nap. That's it. A Snickers. Something like that. <laughs> Something like that. You're not you when you're hungry. <laughs> yeah. And then lastly, and this is probably the biggest one, in my opinion, um, but uh, the last point we have is that Jesus' virgin birth was prophesied. It was prophesied. Um, first off, it was kind of hinted of in Genesis, which I love. <coughs> the first prophecy of Christ. Yeah, yeah, it talks about after the the fall of man, and um, you know God <coughs> says he he basically makes a beeline straight for him after they sin, which is interesting because people might like to make the argument that sin separates us from God, and I mean, kind of it does, but it's interesting that that man sins and he God immediately comes to them, and um, anyway, you see this prophecy about Jesus where he, he talks to the serpent and he's like, you know, you're going to strike his heel, but he's going to crush your head. And in Genesis 3.15, he says, I will put hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. So he says, basically, like the snake's offspring and her offspring. Mm-hmm. Not Adam's offspring. Her. Um, it's kind of this this weird foreshadowing of, of Mary mm-hmm. and the fact that Mary was the one who would have the child. Um, and it, then it goes on, <clears throat> and in Isaiah 7.14 says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a son. See, the virgin will conceive, have a son, and name him Emmanuel. By the, now, this is really interesting, by the way. The next verse says, by the time he learns to reject what is bad and choose what is good. Well, does that mean that Jesus did wrong when he was a child? Probably not. But at the same time, Jesus was a kid. And I bet that he probably knocked over Mary's favorite <laughs> vase, broke it, you know, stuff like that. Like he didn't, he didn't realize. <coughs> I don't think, I don't think Jesus came out of the womb and was like, "Hear thee, O thou, the word of the Lord." Like I just don't think it happened that way. I mean, Jesus was a little kid, and as a little kid, he did little kid things sometimes, you know. And so what it says is, by the time he learns to reject what is bad and choose what is good, he will be eating curds and honey which means he's no longer breastfeeding, which means he's eating food, right? For before the boy knows to reject what is bad and choose what is good, the land of the two kings you dread will be abandoned. Basically, like, there was this group that took over or was about to take over uh, the nation of Israel. And he's, you know, it's anyway. The the point is not the prophecy about that nation. The point is the prophecy of the virgin birth right. about Christ. Well, and I was hung about what you said about sin separating. Um people from God. And I mean um, we were born with the sin nature and therefore that sin nature and the fact that we're totally depraved. It does separate us from God. It's not that. So but it does because and so it was the first sin ever in, on creation. So God had to address it. I mean uh, but but look at Cain and Abel makes a beeline for him. Yeah he does no and he does and I would argue I'd argue that Adam and Eve are people of God first off. Uh-huh. Um I believe that they are the first spiritual people. Sure. Um because there's a big argument out there for that there was other people outside the garden, but we're not going to get there yeah. um, today or probably ever. Uh, <laughs> um, so, I, there, but the argument is um, that Adam and Eve was the first spiritual people. So, if we sin, doesn't the Holy Spirit kind of make a beeline for us? That's that's the point I'm making. Well, is right. that people after they're saved, you know, we sin and. And I mean, you can't just go on sinning and right. be, but, not be a consequence. But then he did. We did get separated because the overlapping of heaven and earth that mm-hmm. was with at, with the Garden of Eden 
was taken away from us. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were separated from the presence of God, mm-hmm. uh, where He did not walk among men anymore. Yeah. Um, and then we do see Him come back and forth, and we see the tabernacle kind of shown the representation, and all that good stuff. And then, yeah. G- but Jesus, again, because of the virgin birth, set that record straight mm-hmm. all the way back. Yeah. So that's again, and in, in Isaiah, we see that prophecy being made of why is this is important. All the connections made. All the connections made, and so there were there were so many prophecies about Jesus that he fulfilled. <coughs> and that's what I love about the Bible, is that you can tie a string to Genesis chapter one, and tie it to I, for in the beginning, and all the way to the last chapter of Revelation. You can tie this little string to the end and Amen, and it never breaks because you see the Bible just flows together from Genesis to Revelation. You see this redemption story being played out all the way through, yeah. And that's why I think it's important for these for new Christians and stuff like that to read the Old Testament, not just the New Testament, so you can really get a grasp that this was all done for a reason. Yeah. Well, and and I I think too people like to make the point or like to argue the point that they say, oh well, God was different in the Old Testament. I don't like the Old Testament God. Hogwash. Yeah, the Old Testament God is the exact same God in the New Testament. And and basic, I was I was talking to my college students the other day, and I said if you look at the Bible, if you boil it down to its simplest form, you see man screws up, God comes and intervenes and sets it back right again, repeat, all the way through, all the way over and over and, and over. He's still doing it today. He's still doing it today. Yep. Because we still screw up. Yep. And God sets it straight. Yep. And He did set it straight two thousand years ago, and the Holy Spirit is playing the repeat part. Yep. Over and over, and I think that today. You know, you uh, if you're listening to this and you're a Christian and you're going, I sinned and I screwed up and, and God could never take me back because I sinned and I screwed up. Just the fact that you have that thought in you, that just the, the longing for, for God to take you back means that he can. And so a person who is out there um, who might be listening to this and goes, you know what? I don't know if God could ever take me back because I failed. Guess what? He can and he does. When <clears throat> Adam and Eve sin, God makes a beeline for them. And it's funny, he sacrifices the first animal mm-hmm. to make their covering. And he did that again and again. And the reason why the Christmas story is important is because God sends the ultimate sacrifice for sin, which is Jesus. You read about it in Hebrews 10. We've, we've talked about it over and over and over again. God sends the ultimate sacrifice for sin to earth for us. In the Christmas story, he makes the ultimate covering for sin. And so if you're out there and you're like, God can never take me back. Jesus and his grace is sufficient for you. His grace is not short. It doesn't lack. If you're sitting there and you want to be restored to God, you can be because of the blood of Jesus. And that thought process of I'm... I messed up. I messed up once, and I'm never coming. I will never be good enough to go back. Is a lie from the devil yep. that has been planted uh, for s- since the beginning of time. Yeah, the the thought process of that I've gone too far. God knows how far you can go, bad. Right, right. He he knows you have a sin nature. Yeah, um, doesn't mean it's okay. We, we learn in the Bible. Read First Peter. Read Second Peter. Mm-hmm. Read all the Johns. That sin is a very important. And a very important thing that you need to eradicate from your life as much as you can. Sin is a big deal, mm-hmm. but we do have an advocate with the Father mm-hmm. 
when an advocate, if you don't know, is like a lawyer whenever you're in the in court. He is speaking for you in front of a vengeful judge. Yeah. And he is the one who says, hey, this debt was paid off. Mm-hmm. I paid this debt off 2,000 years ago on the cross. Yeah. And he is he's on my side. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we have advocates in the school system. Um, and most of the time you see them in cases of like special ed kids where um, the kid has a special need that they just can't have met. And so you make accommodations for them, right? The, you know, the kid who can't write because they have a, a fine motor skill issue. And so you have an, a, an accommodation, which is a scribe, somebody writes for them. Well, when that need isn't met, the person who makes sure that need is met, who goes to the principal, who goes to the head of special ed, who whatever is the advocate of that kid. The advocate is the one who makes sure the need is met where the kid could not meet that need on his own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the advocate will m- meet the kid where the kid's at. Yeah. Not expect the kid to meet some benchmark, and then the advocate finally shows up. Right. So, and that's the great thing about Jesus. Jesus does not wait for you to become clean yourself up and to be holy enough. Yeah. He says, I, I'm going to meet you where you're at, yeah. and then I'm going to turn you to be righteous mm-hmm. because through one man's obedience, yeah. many will be made righteous. Yeah. Because it's not about what you have done or what you're going to do to try to clean yourself up. It's about what he has already done that will, that has already made you clean. Mm-hmm. See, and that's the, that's, the, that's the whole point. You can't do good to get good right. in, in, in this life. Yep. That, is, that has been a lie in the church for years. Yeah. And it has been a lie that the devil has planted to hinder Christians in their walk with God. Yeah. You can't do good to get good. Mm-hmm. You you believe good, and that makes you good mm-hmm. because of his obedience. And you have to realize that. Yeah. We just did a study on the fruits of the Spirit. And uh, one of the fruits of the Spirit is goodness. Jesus says there's none that are good. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, though, that it is a list of the fruits of the Spirit because the Spirit is the one who enables you to be good. You can't do that on your own. The fruits of the Spirit don't come because of human effort. They come because God made a way where there was no way. That way is Jesus. So we, we talk about how the Bible is fluent. We talk about uh, from point A to point Z. The Bible makes this redemption story clear. But tell me, Ben, or anybody else, why is the Bible prophesying about Jesus in the Old Testament being born of a virgin and doing any other miracles, any other works, why is that important for us today? Or even for the writers of the New Testament? Yeah, because it, it shows that God had a plan from way before it ever happened. And if God is that powerful and that all-knowing and that everything, that he could tell you what's going to happen before it happens. For instance, like the book of Jeremiah. He names people in the book of Jeremiah. People will say, well, Jeremiah had to have been written after this certain date. But the thing is, the book of Jeremiah was written before that date, and we have proof of that, like with the, the Greek translation of the Old Testament and on and on. We see that the book of Jeremiah was, was the way it was, and we see these prophecies about Jesus, for instance, and we go, you know, the, God, number one, knew what he was doing, and he put Jesus on this earth, showing ahead of time what he was going to be. But on top of that, these prophecies are so important because if I want to be the Messiah and I want to be famous, if there's nothing that tells what the guidelines are, 
I can make myself be the Messiah. I can say, you know, Ben Burnett, he lived a sinless life. <clears throat> I just have to kill off my wife so she can't tell anybody else about it. <laughs> and then I can say Ben Burnett is the Messiah. But if I have all these prophecies that tell me otherwise, right. there's proof that I'm not. And we've talked about <laughs> how hard it would be for one person to even do one-fourth of the prophecies. Yep. Um, but I think it's also important, too, because then we can reflect back at the prophecy. See, so it's important for the writers then to who can... This is kind of a telling sign for them that Jesus is who he said he was, right? Yep. It's, a, it's a checklist for them. Um, but also, uh, for today... I'm able to go look back and I can see the obedience of Jesus and how he, and, and it tells me that he was connected with the Father's will. Mm-hmm. And it helps me sort out a lot of things about Jesus being deity because only, only God yeah. could do that. Only, only God is born of a virgin. And so we, yeah, and we do talk about Jesus being God. And we've talked about this multiple times that there's the three beings of God. Um, they all three are different, but they all three are one. And it is very confusing. I'm sure we'll have a whole podcast on that eventually. But for that, that I think that explains perfectly why biblical prophecy is important, mm-hmm. especially on the virgin birth and life of Christ. Yeah. Um, and so when you think back about Christmas, yeah. when you go back to when you're sitting there on Christmas Day and you're reading the true Christmas story, mm-hmm. I want you to think back and say, yeah, tell them, tell them. She said, "Amen, Daddy. Amen." Uh, I want you to think back about the the story that you're reading, and that this had to happen for a reason. Mm-hmm. It made Jesus different. It made Jesus not have a sin nature. Yeah. It made him be able to die on the cross for our sins. Yeah. It made um, the redemption plan for all humankind to be met. Mm-hmm. It made the way that God had originally created His relationship with humans back to rest- restoration. There was a lot of things that came through the virgin birth. Mm-hmm. And very little of it had to do with Mary. A lot of it had to do with Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, kind of my last, <clears throat> my last thought there is the, the big thing about those, those prophecies again are that if God is so all-knowing that he could prophesy ahead of time, all this stuff. If God is so powerful that he can send his son to earth to, to be born of a virgin, if he's all those things, then number one, he knows exactly how you are as well. And he's powerful enough to save you and set you on the right path and make you adopt you into the family of God. That's why it's so important. Last 10%. Last 10%. Dina, go. Um, last 10% is, um, you know, that Jesus' birth is important. Number one, that it happened. And then you have to have him being born in order to have him die on the cross. Yeah, and I think that is such a, like, <coughs> I, I think that you said that in the plan, and it is such just like, it is such a, to me, when you said it, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. But then it's like, it had to have happened. Like yeah. this, this is a thing that like it. This isn't a small detail we could have left out. Jesus just couldn't have spawned, you know, yeah. in a cave somewhere. Yeah. And it's like, hey guys, like people knew where he was from. We we see we hear stories in the gospels where they're like, yeah, we know who your parents are. Like so that that was part that was part of their unbelief that they're like, yeah, we know where you grew up. We knew you as a kid. Blah 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 blah. 
Um, yeah, you wouldn't have the whole New Testament. <laughs> yeah, you, you wouldn't. Yeah, and, and the thing is, without his birth, we wouldn't have a redemption plan. And you can be like, well, Hunter, you said a redemption plan a lot in this message. The Bible is about the redemption plan. It's not about your forgiveness of sin. The Bible is not about that. The, the whole story of the Bible is really not centered around you at all. The Bible is centered around Jesus being the redemption plan and being the key to reconnect God's creation Back to back to him and man, yep. like it was in the beginning. Yep. Ben, ten percent. Already gave that. Did you? Yeah. Remember, I talked about the fact that if God's all powerful and He's all knowing, if He knows all the things, so He can talk about the, He can give us all the prophecies, and He's powerful enough to prophesy things ahead of time. That means He's He's knowing enough to know you ahead of time, and He's powerful enough to save you from sin. That was an amen from your daughter. That's what that was. <laughs> And again, again, my last ten percent is simply don't overlook this holiday. Mm-hmm. Do not overlook the the Christmas story. When not, man, I used to dread like the beginning of Luke because it's like I've heard this so many times. Yeah. It's like yes, there was three wise men in a field, and they yeah. were met by an angel, and blah, blah 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 blah. But when you read it now, it it's a spirit of thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Is that because God cared? So much about me, a stupid sheep. <laughs> I have to get it in there. Um, the yeah, and it's the truth. A stupid sheep. He he cared enough about me to send his only son to die on the cross. And you have to be a human to die, so that he can reconcile any wrath he had for me with, through his son. He reconciled it all. So, in that. I feel like concludes the topic of that. So, Ben, what do you have for us? Bust out your Bibles with Ben. <laughs> All right, question time. Y'all ready for this? Dun, nah, nah, ready. Dun, dun, dun. So, we've been on the prof <laughs> the, the 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 topic. That's the, the word the, I'm the, trying to get the, to. The, 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 we've been the, on the Don't <laughs> hurt yourself, kid. Today, Junior. <laughs> I know, right? We've been on the topic of Bible prophecy. Exactly how many prophecies are there about Jesus in the scriptures? Ooh. I, I feel like we should rock, paper, scissors for who goes first. Cause if it's, I'll let you go first. We should do a Price is Right right here. Ladies first. Ladies first. Dina, how many prophecies <laughs> about Jesus are there in the Bible? I don't know. 99? Oh. Oh. Oh, we're shooting low. I don't Can't know. Can't go over in the prices, right? Oh, I, I want to say three thirteen. Oh, one scholar, J. Barton Payne, has found as many as five hundred seventy-four verses. Wow, I was way off in the Old <laughs> Testament that somehow point to or describe or reference the coming Messiah. Alfred Edersheim he found four hundred fifty-six Old Testament references concerning the Messiah. Conservatively, <coughs> scholars would at least 100% agree on about 300 prophecies of Jesus. Hey. What would you over. say? That's a 313. Uh, but two of them say over, one over 500, one over 400. Yeah. So I think on average, I'm right. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Well, folks. Add them all up, divide it by three, buddy. What's. <laughs> Well, folks, <laughs> we don't have time to do math. It's like uh, 
I'm coughing. So, on that note, we thank you for listening to the Altered Podcast. Merry Christmas to you. We're so glad that you're listening to the stuff. Oh, and we fixed the outro. <laughs> we did. We're, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Yeah. They ended up, so they told me to record the outro the last time, and then they start talking to me halfway through my recording, and so that's why I'm like, what? And then I oopsied and put the, the wrong outro in, but I thought it was so funny I didn't fix it. And so anyway, here's the correct outro. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Altered Podcast. Be sure to join us next week for a brand new episode. Also, be sure to join us on the Altered Podcast Facebook page for updates and other cool content. Be sure to join us next week, and we want to wish you a very Merry Christmas.